your Cornish podcast. Welcome everyone to another Rappo and Deeks Friday Fix podcast. It's the 24th of September 2021, but this week it's slightly different for us because I'm flying solo. Now don't worry, Rappo's not being banned or anything by the county FA for his recent ref bashing. He's just away for a few days and with me having some very special commitments elsewhere, it's just been too difficult to get together for our usual chat about the local footy scene. You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. So for this week, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to put up with just me on my own with the usual amount of interviews from both our regular contributors. And this week, we've got guests covering three different leagues in the county. That's the Western League, the Southwest Peninsula League. And this week, we've also got a manager from a club leading the way in the Superior League East. You can subscribe to the Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix podcast search for Cornish soccer talking football. Let's kick off our interviews this week with Cam Weldon bringing us up to date with Truro City. Well, no FA Cup final for you this season then, Cam? No, it's, a, <laughs> it's a, one of those ones, Dave, where I think the FA Cup journey, as we say, has come to, come to an early end, but it's, um, yeah, it's, as you say, I think I think Ashley said a couple of weeks ago, we're never going to win it, aren't we? Like, Truro non-league clubs are never going to win it. And um, yeah, Ashley's we, handy, though. Yeah, that is that's obviously that is the, that's the, uh, the the good part of it, isn't it? Is to um, get a bit of cash and get some money in. But yeah, it's, it was disappointing, really. I think Saturday, I think we'll look back on that and think we weren't really at our best. But the fact that we weren't at our best and we managed to only narrowly lose one nil to a National League South team shows is a, there's positives there to take from that, really. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those days. That game, I think. We had that great result at Yate last last Tuesday, and then we went there Saturday. Plenty of confidence behind the team, and it just didn't. First half, we were just it's that final ball. It's just almost killing us at times. Where like Conor Riley Lowe was, at, him and uh, Rezat Rama, the new signing um, from Not Forest, both of them as fullbacks were getting forward, which is something we've perhaps lacked in recent weeks. Those two were brilliant. Like Riley Lowe, especially, he put a cross in for Rocky Neal, and the defender just gets the slightest touch that. You puts him off and you think if, if his defender doesn't touch that Rocky's got a clear header and he's made the movement and that, that that's going in the goalkeeper's not saving that if he does it's fair play but and then you have another one where Connor cuts inside and shoots one into the bottom corner and it's keeper saves again and it's, it was a, it's a cliche saying Dave but it was um, a tale of two arse really because Truro absolutely battered Hungerford first half and I don't, I don't think Hungerford will deny that um, but then second half you think, come on, we can kick on now, try and get a goal, nil-nil half-time, come on, uh, let's press. And it just didn't happen for us, really. I don't, for, for whatever reason, it was... And um, give credit to Hungerford, they they caused us some problems. James Hammond made... Um, it's kind of unlucky, really. He made a fantastic save. It was almost like a before the goal, because the goal came from a corner, but um, it was a little chips ball over the... And he tried to... The fair place of the strike, it was really almost a audacious sort of effort like he's away from goal and he's always just chipped it back and Hammy's had to get be at full stretch really to tip it over the bar and you think that's that's a quality save and then rather annoyingly straight from the corner uh, straight from the resulting corner they've Keith Emerson who's someone a lot of our boys know well played with him at Taunton he's um, I don't know how old he's he must be about 40 now he's getting on but he's still got it Dave I'll tell you that and he, he rose highest and headed in and that was almost well, 10 minutes to go that was really game over because Truridge didn't really press again Hungerford had the ball in the back of the net again but that was disallowed for 
understandably for offside. He wasn't mile off and no complaints from anyone really. But it's it's just one of those that it wasn't our day on on the day in cup competitions. Needed a bit of luck and it just wasn't our day for us. And fair play to Hungerford, they've made it through. And having looked at seen the draw, they got uh, Sirencester at home. So for them, they'll they'll be looking out thinking get into the fourth qualifying round and try and get in the first round proper for them. So good luck to them really. Mm. I wonder when the frustration turns into concern for Tour because I, I keep reading that you know performances are, are, are all but there now, but yeah. just not quite getting the luck, the bounce of the ball. You know that they're inches away from scoring, whereas last season or season before last they would have gone in. No, mm. no panic buttons quite yet though. Uh, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so, Dave. Like, I, I know a few fans are a bit like, "Oh God, what well, these results aren't happening. Come on, we need to we need to start winning." But it's one where for Saturday we looked at it as almost like a free shot, really, try and get into the next round, and unfortunately it didn't happen. But in terms of the league, like I do think the results will come. Um, I'm still confident of that we've got. You look at the squad we've got, and there's goals in that squad. It's just trying to. I think the final ball, but I'm sure. I'm sure Paul and Yetzi will they'll be 100% aware of that and they'll know what the issues are um, there's been a few obviously we, we're not using excuses but there's been a few injury issues but we're, we're near enough back to full fitness I think there's only a couple who are missing um, so yeah it's I, I look at it and think that the, that, that Yates performance summed up our season really um, in terms of we that was the one time we got a bit of luck in like a lot of games where if, if that free kick hadn't gone in from Will Dean you're thinking and it was a fantastic goal. Don't get me wrong. But you're thinking, is this going to be the same story? But we took our chances on night, and we we didn't really create all that much, really. Like we had a couple of chances in the first half, but um, we took our chances. And I think that's something that I know we didn't do it on on Saturday. But I look at it and think some of the opposition will come hunger for obviously the league above. So if we play like we did on Saturday, create those sort of chances, I do think it's only a matter of time before the likes of Rocky Neal, Tyler Harvey, just start. Taking them up, you said you said it yourself a minute ago. Like Truro in the past, they last couple of seasons on the pool, they've had that when they've had that almost like it's a loose ball, they're scoring from it. Like any mistake, they take advantage of. And I think that sharpness will come back. And I think that show, there was there were glimpses against the eight, and there's been glimpses all season really. Um, it's like moments of real quality. Like I think Rocky Neal had one against Walton Casuals where he like chipped the goalkeeper after running through, and it's a fantastic finish. But it's trying to like it's trying to keep them out the other end, but I think the positive we can take from it is if you look at the table in terms of the teams in the league, there's so many teams slipping up apart from Hayden Yedding, who they look like they're going to be runaway champions. Really, Dave, I don't, I don't think anyone's going to catch them. They do, they do look fantastic, but um, the positive we're ta- we're taking from it is we're not like I saw Taunton conceded five the other day. Tiverton of we're not getting obliterated by teams. If that mm. makes sense, we're not. It's only by the odd goal, which is a positive. But obviously, those results—it's not. We've got to turn those good performances into results, and I'm sure the management are well aware of that. And yeah. they'll be hoping these these two games coming up, they can hopefully get six points out of that, almost get get a good result for life, and then really just kick on. Yeah. And then I think we'll be fine because one good result, I think, can our season concern completely, and hopefully that that's already happened with that Yates game and we can just kick on Saturday and Tuesday and just really kickstart our season Right and as you said two games coming up they're both at home so who are we going to see True City score for the first time in the league at Belithel Park this season who are they going to score against and come? 
<laughs> well, that's a good question. Let's be positive we... about this. Come on. Yeah, let's be positive. Exactly. Yeah, it's, good. it's a good question. Um, but you'd, you'd like to think it'd be one of the strikers. As I said, Chesham, we're playing Chesham Saturday, and they're, they're again, they're another one, Dave. Like that's this so it goes to show how bizarre results have been this year because. Um, like everyone's talking about panic stations with Truro, and you look at it and think, I think they're only a couple of points off Chesham, and Chesham were one of the teams up there last year, and they've been like almost like our rivals as such in the league. And you had Tiverton below us as well, and it's it's one where there's a couple, there's some big teams who haven't perhaps had the start they would have wanted, even Taunton to a certain extent. They've not really started as well as they would have wanted to. Um, but yeah, it's it's one where I think we'll want to kick on, but. I think, to be honest, if I was putting money on a goal scorer, it'd have to be like, you have to put like Rocky or Tyler have to be up there um, to get the goals. But I'll be honest, I'm sure if you said to Paul, like, if you could have any goal scorer, I'm not, I don't really think he'll care who scores as long as someone puts it in the back of the net. So um, I'm sure there'll be, after Tyler's missed penalty the other week, I'm sure, uh, I know, well, I know Will Dean was saying he was desperate to take him next time. But as we know, I'm not sure Tyler will be wanting to give up a, <laughs> give up the penalties no. just off one miss. So. No, that's right. So Cheshire on Saturday, and then it's a game on Tuesday, yeah? Yep, so Dorchester Town at home on or the life on Tuesday. So it's um, quick fire, but I think it'd be nice for Troy not to have some travelling, which is, as I said, it's been a busy week for them. So two trips where Yate and obviously Hungerford, like, it is. It, it does take its toll after a while, but I think we are still early days, and so it's nice to have two home games. But Dorchester, another team who um, had a bit of mixed bag results, but I'm sure it's one where on paper we'd look at. You'd look at it at the start of the season and think, "Come on, Truro can get need to get some results there." And I'm sure they'll be looking at that, thinking we've got we've got to win that. But um, you can't have said you can't judge anyone in this league, Dave, because there's been so, with the exception of as I said, Hayes, there's so many bizarre results that you just can't. You, you look at it and you think, how has that happened there? And I, I think the prime example for us was when we lost 1-0 at home to Beaconsfield. And we were like, how has that happened? Like, when you look at, in terms of, like, the opposition and stuff, but I said, these results are happening. They are freak results around the league. And thankfully for Truro's point of view, we're not the only team who's having them. But, yeah, it's, again, both of these games are going to be tough games. So I said, there's still that um, enigma, really. We've not scored We've not scored in the league at Belifo yet. Um which is is a concern. I think we had that we had that result against Exmouth in the cup where we scored three goals, and it was nice to almost get that monkey off our back a little bit. But um, I think they'll be wanting to really just almost, as I said, kickstart the season really and get two positive results on Saturday and Tuesday, and hopefully, well, ever, ever, if we win those couple of games, we're only a few points off the playoffs, and everyone will be laugh, everyone will be smiling again. So it's um, yeah, it's not panic stations yet, Dave. And I said, hopefully, two good results when we talk next week. Yeah, and briefly, Cam, back the reserve side in the St. Pirin uh, West Division. Uh, a good win on Saturday at Elugan. Yeah, it was. I think it was one where I was almost I was fearing for the worst. I was sat at Hungerford and I was looking at the half-time score and seeing them 1-0 down. You're thinking, come on, come on, lads. Like, really, you can come on, we can do this. And then he managed to equalise. I think Harry Phillips got a hat-trick that day. Who's, he's, but he's, won every time. he's been with the first team a few times. He's impressed me, Harry. He's a very young striker. He, He's got a bit about him. He's got that bit of physicality that I think some strikers don't really have. You see a couple of these like young strikers and you think, technically they're there, but it's about the physical side of it. You think mm. you could get brushed off. Maybe a big striker could just push you out of the way. A big striker, a big defender could push you out of the way, but Harry's almost got that bit of physicality about him. And um, yeah, the fact they, they went, obviously he managed to equalise and 11 scored again, 2-1. And then they managed to turn it round and two late goals managed to win it. So it's um, a good result for them. I think for, the, for a lot of those lads, it'll be their first time 
winning in men's football. So, um, yeah, I'm sure that should give them a massive confidence boost. And uh, against the Luggins, so, well, they ran beaten, I think, before the game, the Luggins. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, the fact they've gone there and won is massive and well done to John, Paul and everyone involved. So, it's um, hopefully they can kick on now. Yeah, and they kick on with a bit of a weird fixture, isn't it? Because they're playing the, the side that play at Trigai, um you, you know, every other Saturday as such, uh, Parham well. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting one, Dave. Like I said, I, I was just looking at the fixed list then. I was like, oh, wow, OK, that would be an interesting one. Because I actually went to the, they, I don't know if you remember, they played in pre-season. Mm. Um, and it was only it only went on for 15 minutes before it um, unfortunately got uh, abandoned but due to a um, lad's injury. But it was one of those, in those 15 minutes, like I think it was, Truro looked very good technically. They were almost passing Paramore off the pitch. But again, it's that physical aspect where Paramore were quite strong and boisterous and they were they were winning a lot of headers and stuff. So it, I think it would be a good um, matchup between the two teams. So it's um it's kind of annoying that the first team were in action. You were thinking, oh, we could have gone and watched that. It could have been quite an entertaining game. But um, yeah, as I said, hopefully, uh, hopefully they can get a good result. But it's, it's not going to be an easy one. But uh, for fans who can't make it to Belifo Park, I think Tregai's I think what I'll, if I, I might be correct, Dave, when I uh, I got a lift there once from Tree Road to Tregra and I timed it, and it took seven minutes in a car, and that was with traffic. So it's um can't get too much closer to Tree Road than that. So if any fans want to go and um, watch the game, we'll see with Tregra. I don't know. I think it's dirt cheap to get in. I think it's about three or four quid to get in. So um, you can't really complain about admission price, and there is parking stuff there. So yeah. Should be a should be a good game to go and watch if you can't make the first team, obviously. But don't forget there is still the the free bus and um, obviously tickets are available online for that and stuff. So yeah, there's plenty of games going on as well. I think I think the under 18s are in action on Sunday as well. So that will be at Cali with um, playing. So yeah, plenty of action for Truro City to well, fans to get involved in. And presumably all the information is on your club website. All the information will be on our club website, yeah, and all the social media channels and stuff. So, yeah, if anyone wants to keep in, obviously, obviously the first team have got their own accounts and the reserves and under-18s have got a shared account as well on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and stuff. So it's, it's all on there, Dave. Right. Thank you very much. You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. Thanks to Can and as we said there, Keep up to date with what's happening for Truist City by visiting their website. If you have any ideas for the Friday Fix podcast, or wish to provide feedback, please, please do so. Just contact us on Twitter, at Soccer Podcast. Or let Rappo know also via Twitter, he is at markrapsy one Right then, next we go to the Western League with firstly Carl Wiesman, and then we hear from Soldash United manager Dane Bunny. Well, welcome back, Carl, uh, after your nice little break away. Um, football's not been going too bad either, so perhaps you've ought to go away again. Yeah, it's been, it's <laughs> been uh, pretty good um, while I've been away, Dave, and there's um, some cracking results on the weekend as well. So, yeah, um, brilliant for, for our club's mixed results at the weekend, but there we are. Um, but there's been some good, good ones in there as well. Well, tell us, let, let's start with what you regard the worst result first then. Um, so, say the worst result, probably obviously Mil- Milbrook faced Ilfracum Il- away um, and finished 1-0 to Ilfracum um, in that game day, so no points on the board for, for Marcus' team, but they were, um, I mean, they played very well again, um, 
and uh, it created a lot of chances. Just just couldn't hit the back of the net. So um, I mean, Ilfracum now have you know they've played three corners clubs and beaten all three. So they're a bit of a uh, got a bit of a target on their back now for one of, one of the next corners teams that play them. <laughs> yeah, they, they're also. Did I see somewhere today that that was their fifth straight win? So they've turned it around quite nicely, yeah. haven't they, Ilfracum? Yeah, they have. Yeah, they're they're a very good team, and um, I know that obviously they came up from the um, Peninsula League last season as well from the East yeah. Division, and nobody was really talking about them. And um, you know, they were they were eighth going into the game to, um, on Saturday, and what are they now? They are well, they're seventh now. So you know, they're you know they're, they're slowly climbing, and nobody's really talking about them. Mm. So you know, they're proving to be a good side. Yeah. So um, so that's your worst result. What was your next worst result? Next worst result. <laughs> um, so what have we got? Um, it's not really a bad result, Dave. Actually, which was um, you know it's a good result, really. So um, uh, it was Saltash United away to Bitten. Bitten, obviously, who were top before the game. Um, they'd played four home games before Saturday and, and won them all, averaging th- more than three goals in the game, yeah, three goals per game. And um, obviously, Saltash United went there and. Uh, it was it, they drew two two so they did come back from behind twice um, both Sam Hughes strikes in the thirty third and the fifty second minute but I think actually that's you know if you just said to us before the game we were taking a point away from home to the top of the league but and I think we probably would have bitten your hand off for it so yeah. it's not really a, it's not a bad result it's always a pretty good one no pretty good one to be honest me asking you in order of uh, how you rate the results I, I thought you might have put that one above. I'm a, well, what's your next game you're going to tell us about? So, my next game would, would have been Mausel. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, Mausel. I thought you would have put Soldash above Mausel, to be honest, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, just, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to be non-biased. <laughs> <laughs> right, fair enough. All right. Yeah, so Mausel playing at home to street. So, there was 13th against 15th on, on, on the day. Um but um, I think Mausel's form recently has been, you know, it's, it's been really good. Actually, they've got some players back, and <clears throat> the COVID issue's gone on that. They'd scored, um, I think it was eight in the last two games, and got maximum points. So they probably would have been looking at nine um, in the three games, and, and they did. They they won four one. So uh, that was a, a good result for them. Mark Mark Goldsworthy scoring twice. Um, Josh McGinn and Jamie Devine. Um, and uh, Mausel now jumping up to 11th in the league, um, so that is a that's, that's a cracking result for them, and um, the form is is turning around for them. So that's that's a great one. Right. So that mm. leaves one result to tell us about. So that was Houston Athletic away to Ashton and Backwell United. So Ashton and Backwell are a team that came up from the Western League Division One last season so they were step six um haven't had a great time of it and uh that um i think they're without a manager at the moment as well so helston you know it was convincing five nil victory from helston away from home so uh uh craig veal billy tucker and matt by and ryan Tanner twice so um great result for them it was nice uh comfortable victory um, with Mass being back in the dugout as well after missing the last two games. So, uh, 
house and started in third in the league and remained third in the, in the league. Really great result for them and their their performance and their results seem to be continuing. So that's great. Right, yeah, well done. Um, I think everyone's sort of settling down a bit. Could do with, uh, with uh, Millbrook picking up a few more points, but um, I don't think Mac is too disappointed with their performances, is he? No, he's not, no. Um, he, he, he won't be disappointed with that performance at all. Um, I think that's probably been a um, a bit of a trend, really, is that the performance has been very good. Um, but, you know, just, I mean... It sounds silly to say, I mean, they've only played eight games so far, so there's no need to press a panic button as such. Their performance has been really, really good. So they've just got to turn that into points now, find a way of turning that into points. Hmm. I think it's the key for them. OK, so no midweek games at the moment, so uh, we move on to what fixtures are coming up this this Saturday. A bit of a mixture, isn't it? Cup and league. Yeah, Cup and League. Yeah, um, so it's the FA Vals weekend this weekend, the second qualifying round. Um, so, uh, Houston are away to Elmore. Sarge United host Bodmin Town, which is a um, last season order with an SWPL game. Uh, Mousel away to Shepton Mullet in the FA Vals. That's going to be a then, tricky one, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it will be, isn't <laughs> it? Yeah, that'll be a good test for them. Yeah, Shepton sure Mallet not letting in many goals either. So no, they're not. No, that'll be. I mean, not letting in many goals, but as I say, it's, it's not a league game. It's a it's a cup competition. So um, you know, maybe hopefully the, that book goes out the window by the time kickoff comes. It's a, it's a fresh. You know, it's a fresh start for both of them in that competition. So, actually, when I say they're not letting in many goals, they really aren't letting in many goals. I just checked; they've played nine league games, only conceded two goals. Yeah, you're quite right, Dave, and they haven't they haven't lost a game at all either, by the look of it. No. Um, after nine games, so um, Mal's are in good form. So um, you're going for yeah. an away win, are you? Um. Yeah, but it's yeah. I, I would, yeah, why not? Let's, yeah. let's go for a away win. Now. I, like I think it. that's anybody's game that one, Dave. Yeah. Okay. Who we got left? Um, the last game is the only uh, Western League game for a Cornish club, and that is uh, Millbrook host Bridgewater United. So again, that's a that is a tough, tough game for for Millbrook. Um, um, having said that, Bridgewater twelfth in the league, you know, could be an upset there, Dave, possibly. Mm. Any, anyone can win that one, I think. So um... yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think Saltash went away to Bridgewater, lost three 0 So they've had mixed bags of results in the league, really. Days it's played nine, won four, drawn one, and lost four. So you know, anybody's game that one again. Fortunes could turn around for Milbrook there, maybe. Okay. Well, thanks for that, Carl. Um, I'm talking to Dane Bunny on this week's podcast. What is he going to tell me about the former Sam Hughes? Uh, so he's been sensational, Dave. He's been absolutely sensational. Um, I know he wasn't 100% fit at the beginning of the season. Um, he was rested a couple of times, but you know, since he's since he's come back, he's been he's just been on fire. He just just the guy can't stop scoring. It, it's brilliant for us um, to have somebody that can that can put the ball in the back of the net so convincingly, and, and he's so reliable when he does it. it you know, he's been great. I'll ask you, Dane, the question that I've just asked Carl, and that is, what can you tell me about the former Sam Hughes? Pretty good. 
um, scoring a lot of goals, which is which is great, and what he's in the team to do. So can't be um, can't be any more pleased at the minute than with how, how Hughes is doing. So um, yeah, delighted. Is there anything that he could do to improve his game? Score some more. <laughs> well, yeah, that's very true, I guess, for a striker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, Sam's Sam's um, extremely experienced now. Um, you know, one of the best, um, if not the best, at what he does. Um, so no, I think uh, I don't think there is now. To be fair, he's he's thirty four, thirty five, and he, he's, uh, he's 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 probably at the moment playing his, uh, his his best football, certainly that I've seen him play, um, which is great, which is great for us. Um, and and he's obviously doing it at a higher level as well. So so fair play to him. Yeah. Okay. So overall then. We haven't spoken for a little while. In fact, I don't think we've spoken since you started the season, really. How do you rate the season for Saltash so far, then? I think we're doing quite well, Dave, because, um, you know, we've, we've, we're obviously sat in a, in, a, in a reasonable position in the league. We always, uh, we always want to do better. Um, you know, that's just the nature of, of, of how we operate. We always look to do a bit better than we are. We always look for ways to improve. Um, but... When you break it down and look at the fact that we've played six of the top seven and eight of the top ten, uh, but nobody in the bottom six, <laughs> I don't think we can complain too much about sitting six at the minute on goal difference. So, um, you know, we're looking forward. We're looking forward to the season going forward. And how does it compare to the last few seasons in the peninsula? It's a different kettle of fish. I mean. I've, I've recently, in the last few days, read on, on your forum about um, somebody saying about it not being too much of a jump because the top six in the in the Peninsula League always beat the Western League teams in the Vars, and we used to be we used to say that as well. But it's very different having to play those games three times a week, every three or four days. You know, it's. Um, the games, every single game's really intense. Every single game's tough, um, and uh, it takes its toll. And it's, it's a very difficult league. Um, so, so that's what we've learned so far. Um, we've got an injury list as, as long as you can see, but I don't think that's much different to anybody else in local football, to be honest, at the moment. No. Which, well, it's not all injuries, is it? It's unavailability as well, which is worrying. Um, so I, I know everybody's trying to cram the last 18 months worth of life into this kind of six months before the winter comes. Um, but, you know, I, I do fear a little bit for football if it, if it doesn't settle down. When you say unavailability, then, for what sort of reasons? Well, I think, for example, like stag do's and weddings and stuff like that, that people have missed on. You know, these people who are getting married are obviously who, who have been trying to get married for the last two years and couldn't are now doing it now. And that obviously has an impact as, you know, families and guests and things and people feel like they have to go, which obviously they do. And that impacts on football, so stag do's, holidays now. You know, people want to cram a holiday in before the winter. Mm. Um, you know, and, and it, we're probably not the worst off for that because we've got quite a, quite a dedicated bunch, but... Everybody I speak to in football at the minute is suffering with injuries and unavailability. The injury side of it, I think, comes from not playing for so long at such an intensity. 
I think you can you can do as hard a pre-season as you want, but nothing would have replicated the intense start to the season of playing every three or four days, no matter what level you're at. Um, and I think a lot of the injuries that teams are experiencing are hamstrings and muscle pulls, which, which kind of backs up that theory. Um, so, you know, it, it has been tough going. It has been tough going. So, um, you know, I think I speak for, for lots of managers when I, when I say that. Yeah, just looking at the, the number of players you've used this season, it's, it's approaching the 30 mark. Um, and over the last few seasons, you, you've, you've been one of the most regular sort of playing squads around, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, Dave, it's not really in our philosophy or belief to bring people in from the outside to play for us. It's something we've never done before. It's something I personally don't like doing. Um, but we have to... Uh, we've we've learned very quickly that that you have to do that this season. Um, so so you know to be able to field a team, to be able to field um, you know not just field a team but field a competitive team. I mean Neil Slateford played for us back along and up at Clevedon, mm. you know, and, and things like that, you know, and and so it's um, it's something that I think season we've had to do to remain competitive. And. Talking about injuries, how's Tom Cleveland getting on? Tom's had his operation. I think he's he's, he's now got an ankle full of nuts and bolts and, <laughs> and plates. And um, Tom, Tom, I think he's going to be off work for three or four months. And uh, and and so that's his first objective is to get back to work and earning some money. And, and I don't think he, he really needs to really be thinking about football until next summer. Um, right. You know, but um, he certainly he certainly won't be playing football again this season. Right. And uh, I guess it's also a shame when players such as Jared Woods, you, you signed him, quite excited, I think, about him playing for Soldash in the Western League and just not quite made it or not quite wanting to do it anymore or what? I don't really know what happened with Jared, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, we had um, we had Jared, and then we were hearing the Liscard manager was over at Elbert and Villa, telling everyone how he would be coming and playing for him again soon, and things like that. And I just kind of shrugged it off as as a bit of bravado and things like that. And then Jared tells me that he's too busy with work um, and he can't play football. Um, and so you kind of accept that because obviously work comes first. I know mm -hmm. he's got a very busy work life and. He told me he's got two cottages to build and things like that and bungalows and whatever he, he does and and then he then I've just seen he's played twice for Liscard so um, you know who knows I, I, I don't know but but you know we only want to we only want to work with people who want to play for Salt Ash you know and and so if Jared didn't want to play for Salt Ash he only had to say and and, and that would be fine so um, you know we've signed obviously Alex Cairo and, and Tom Harris and, and and both of those are. Are really good signings for us, and they've slotted in really well into the squad. So, you know, it's no issue. I, I just did, didn't really understand the uh, the reasoning behind it. And so, the, who's been your toughest opposition? Do you think so far? Cool. I mean, we went um, up to Bridgewater, and, and to be honest, Dave, that was like an under tens match against a men's team, <laughs> an under tens team against a men's team. Mm. They re they beat us up to be honest, and they beat us 3-0, and, and they, they physically outdone us and, and really hammered us. But then you look at the league table, and they're only mid-table. So, um, and, and they lose to, they, you know, it's a funny league. And um, 
look, we, we beat Brislington 8 now, and then they beat Bitton 3 2. So <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a funny league. And, but we did go to Bridgewater that day, absolutely bare bones, real bare bones. So we probably didn't do ourselves justice that day. I'd say the toughest fixture we've had so far is, is probably like someone like Buckland or Tavistock was difficult on the opening day, even though they weren't at full strength. You know, all the games are tough. They are really tough. It's, um, you know, every game is, like I say, the intensity of every game is uh, is incredible, really. Saturday was tough against Bitton as well, but we played really well on Saturday. It's been quite a strange start to the season as well because of the fixtures, isn't it? I mean, I'm looking at your fixtures coming up and uh, I noticed that you've got Bitton again in a couple of weeks' time. Um, You've now got, including the Vars on Saturday, you've got three home games, so I guess that will be quite good for you. Yeah, because we've done a lot of travelling as well so far. Like you know, we've done we've done most of our travelling so far. You know, I, I'd be interested to see how far the Bristol teams have travelled so far. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But yeah. it's um, yeah, we have got three home games now, which is which is nice. We've already done some long trips, like Bitten, I think, is our longest one. We've done Brislington, done Cleveland. Um, oh, Cleveland, whatever they're called. Uh, I keep mixing Tom Cleveland up with, with <laughs> Cleveland Town. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah so um, we've done some long trips, so it is nice to have some home games. The fixtures, I, I don't know. How, uh, I, I, I heard the explanation is the fixtures on the Western League podcast back at the start of the mm. season. I, I kind of see it. I, can't, I can see it, but it's oh, great. I mean, we've already played Houston twice. It would have been nice to have a, It would have been nice to split those two games up like for after Christmas, one of them maybe, you know, and um, playing each other so close together probably didn't do do the fixture any favours. Um, and like you say, Bitten as well. They're another team at the top who, who really, you know, if we are going to be in the mix in the top five or six, we, we could have done with playing that one at the back end of the season as, you, as you're running into the end, you know. But mm. it's, um, yeah, it is what it is. But, yeah, but we're certainly... Um, we haven't played any of the teams near the bottom yet. Um, I'm not saying they're going to be any easier, but, um, you know, a lot of the teams at the top have. So so we're kind of uh, we're kind of just trying to get through this period so we get to that. So hopefully it will, uh, hopefully things will level out. Yeah. And it's bobbing on Saturday in the, in the Vars. Do you, because it's in the FA Vars, are you almost sort of, well, um, playing a slightly weaker side to give some of your other players a rest or what? Not this season. Last season, we kind of threw the Vaz to one side and because we were a little bit uh, unsure on how much time we'd have to finish the league campaign because of the COVID situation. Um, but this season, we're hoping that um, that's kind of not going to uh, impact anything. And we're, we're, we're taking the Vaz very seriously this year. We've, we played a, a full-strength side against Columban. Um, but to be honest, I didn't have much option. Uh, against them, but um, because of the availability again, but no, we'll be taking it very seriously. I'll be, I'll be, uh, we've got a little bit of momentum at the minute as well. I think we're unbeaten in four games, um, so we'll be, we'll be going into the game playing the strongest possible side. Right, and it'll be good to see Gilby again, won't it? Yeah, I like Darren. I've got a lot of time for Darren. I said um, when I was talking to uh, Gareth Davies the other day for the Salt Ash Voice. You know, I've, I've got a lot of time for Darren, a lot of respect for Darren. He's, he's won everything there is locally. Um, I was never good enough to play for Darren, but he's the kind of manager I would love to have played for. Like, you know, I think I would have ran through brick walls for him and, um, you know, playing against his teams is never easy. So we're not expecting an easy game on Saturday by any stretch of the imagination. Your Cornish 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 Corn
Good to hear from Dane there with his thoughts on how the step up into the Western League is going. Of course, last season saw us were in the South West Peninsula League and that's where we go now for a weekly catch-up with Secretary Phil Hiscox. Well, another seven days, Phil, passed on the uh, South West Peninsula League. Anything exciting happen or not? Well, I've done a few miles. I've done anything exciting, but uh, I've done four games since we last spoke. Blimey, uh, you must be knocking them up now then. Yeah, um, two more trips to Cornwall. I was at St Blaise on Friday night, uh, ticked off Blaise Park for the season. Uh, and then at uh, Godolphin on Wednesday night, tick off there. Uh, in between, I'd been to Plymouth Marjons against O'Campton on Saturday, another one I haven't been to this season, um, and saw plenty of goals at Newton Spurs versus Torpoint on Tuesday night. <laughs> How many you got left to visit? Uh, I think I'm up to 23 of the 37 now we've bought Leven Garns. Right. So. I look at it and think, well, there's still 14 to go. But then I also look at it and think it's, it's still actually only September. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Slow down a bit. Slow down. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and well, I think I've only got one in the next seven days to tick off. So that'll slow ah, down. Ah, right, OK. So I, I suppose inevitably it will slow down, won't it? Because... Uh, you know, because you've been to so many already. Yeah, a, it becomes harder to, to do a new one, but but also um, uh, eventually the, the midweek games will start slowing down, although not not for another month or so yet. Right. So they go on through October then. Yeah. Generally speaking, as a rule of thumb, I, I do I schedule midweek games until the week where the clocks change at the end of October. Right. Uh, and then they, they sort of there might be the odd cup tie and things and, and odd straggler, but. Uh, November, December, January, February, uh, I tend to, to, to you know, just have like the odd straggler, um, but concentrate on Saturday football. Right. And compared to the other step six leagues around, are we doing pretty well with fixtures getting um, played? Yeah, we, we had that little blip at the start, didn't we, with COVID, yeah. uh, and that seems to have settled down. It says crossing fingers and touching wood. <laughs> um, so we, we haven't had that for a couple of weeks, so... Yeah, yeah, it's it's ticking along okay for the moment. Good, right. One of those games you mentioned was uh, St Blaise at home to Weybridge. I have to, I, I know I shouldn't say it, but have you ever seen a penalty go as wide as that or not? Uh, not as wide as that. I mean, it did bring up a memory. There was one last season I went and watched a game at Bobby Tracy where the penalty was so high, <laughs> there was sort of like jokes on Twitter about it just hit past the International Space Station. <laughs> um, but, th- but this one, like you say, it wasn't high, it was wide. Yeah. Um, very, very wide. Yeah, I mean, St. Blasey will be gutted, really. They gave him an own goal to start with, and then, like I say, missed a penalty, um, which... <sighs> I mean, referee's decision is final. I wasn't overly convinced it was a penalty, but I thought there was uh, something happened soon after that that looked more of a penalty than the yeah, one he gave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, we, so we shouldn't the, the, ref bash, though, Phil. We shouldn't ref. No, we bash, shouldn't. No, 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 no. It's, he was closer than me. <laughs> I, I was sat in the stand in the dry, so I know he was closer than me. <laughs> That's right, and I think I was down the other end of the stand, so I was even further away from you uh, than you. So, so I didn't have the best of views, but um, but yeah, we can't do without them. But um, I mean, Rapper's got to learn that he cannot ref bash. Poor old Rappo, no, he's, um, <laughs> yes, they'll be, they'll be uh, sticking one on a referee's course and sending him out if, not, if he's not careful. Oh, well, he did it about 40 years ago, but um, oh. the rules haven't changed, or the laws haven't changed that much, have they? No, lots of tinkering around the edges with offsides and handballs and shirt sleeves and things, but nothing, <laughs> the essentials of the game are still the same. Yeah, right, now, 
In the absence of Rapper, of course, uh, I would normally ask him uh, if the or what was the sort of standout result for the past week. Um, you're going to answer it, please. Yeah, yeah, and I'm going to say, uh, and this is a side that uh, have been on the on the sort of cusp of, of uh, but under the radar a little bit. Liscard. Oh. They've had a very good little run recently. A 2-1 win against Weybridge, uh, previous midweek. But as far as our sort of uh, set review of the last seven days, mm. the 3-2 against Wendron, who, of course, haven't been under the radar. They've had a very good start. People have talked about Wendron. Uh, but Liscard now played seven, one six, drawn one. Um, I'm not going to suggest for one minute that they're going to challenge Falmouth. But what I would suggest is they could well be second. <laughs> right, and uh, I, I I think I read yesterday that there's already someone suggesting that the Liscard Falmouth game could be the cruncher. Um, I, I can't remember when when they first meet. When is it? Do you know? Um, uh, you've, you've caught me off guard a little bit, but I am on the computer. So fourth of December at Liscard, right, and the twelfth of March at Falmouth. Right, fair enough. So twelfth of March, well, that could be. Um, what a decider. And obviously, you, you've seen Falmouth a couple of times. Everyone is now saying, oh, they're, they're already up. They're, you know, it's all but a formality. Um, are they playing well or not? Um, they were rather wasteful against Godolphin, and I don't, I don't think I'll be criticised by Falmouth for saying that. Um, although, interestingly, if Luke Brabin, who is the division's joint top scorer, was on the bench and didn't come on. So, oh, right. I don't know, perhaps he's on a goal bonus and they were saving some money. <laughs> um, resting him, perhaps. Resting him, resting him. Yeah, uh, yeah so, yes, they were good, but um, they were always expected to win at Godolphin. I suppose the only question marks on Falmouth, and, it, it's, and I'm clutching at straws to have a question mark, really, is they play some very, very nice football, and the, but at the moment the pitch is suits to act. Right. Um, in the winter months, will they still be able to do it? Will the conditions sort of level things out a bit more for the other sides? I don't know. Mm. know. We'll have to wait. Um, on. But on the other hand, I, I, being more positive, um, you know, you look at the head of this weekend, we've got the FA Vars, because Falmouth aren't involved in it. But you look at which potentially teams could actually make an impact in the FA Vars, uh, and Falmouth would be top of the list, wouldn't they, mm. in either division? Yeah, that's right. And uh, the other thing, well, as you said, because they're not in the Vars this Saturday, they're getting another fixture in. They've got a midweek game coming up on Wednesday. They're getting their games in as well. At the well, for them, the best time of the season, aren't they? It is because again, you know, we're talking here a side that you would expect to be successful in the various cup competitions. Mm -hmm. So if if they can play league games now, because they're not in the early rounds of these competitions, that, that gives them a bit of breathing space to, to be successful in those cups. That's right. Okay, and uh, well, good for me because uh, it's the Cornish side. But Tall Point, top of the uh, East Division. Uh, incorrect. Oh, oh no, they are. By, by, oh, I was just about to say, Oakhampton last night actually drew level on points with them. Ah, the uh, goal difference. Only two goal difference. Yes. Funny thing, if Otry had won last night, um, they would have gone top above Tall Point, but Oakhampton drew level with Tall Point. Right. Um, Torpoint are a very good side. Um, I would also say Brixham are a very good side, and the two haven't met yet. <laughs> um, and I, I think more than the West Division, in some ways, that could well be a two-horse race. Mm. They meet each other a little bit earlier than um, Liscard and Falmouth. Uh, they meet each other 
on the 30th of October at Tor Point, oh. and very late in the season, they meet each other at uh, Brixham. Right. So that, well, even more of a of yeah. a crucial game towards the end of the season. So uh, lots to watch. But it's good that um, you mentioned O'Campton and Ottery St Mary there. They're both newcomers, or, or you know, O'Campton, they're back in the league. Um, it's good, though, isn't it, that they're doing so well? It is. I mean, um, Ottery, uh, but again, you know, like all these sides that were promoted last season, that includes the, you know, the ones that went to set five. They went, they were taken, given promotion on an incomplete league table. So you never quite know what you're getting. Mm. Um, that they were on the mathematical formulas, you know, the obvious candidates to come up. Um, but they've certainly proved their worth there. Ottery, seven wins, four defeats, and 11 is respectable. Oakhampton is interesting. They, their record is played nine, seven wins, one draw, one defeat. Their first defeat, or well, their only defeat, was on the opening day mm-hmm. against Tor Point. Yeah. No, no disrespect to that. They then drew the following midweek. So they've actually, it, their current form is the same as sort of Brixham and Tor Point. Yeah. Their last seven league games, they've picked up 21 points. Right. So one to watch. Well, they're home to Torridge side on Saturday, so that. Uh, so that could actually see them go top. Yes, because Clear top, top. Point and, and in the bars, as are Brits, and then, yes, even a draw would put Oakhampton top on Saturday. Yeah. Right. OK, well, you mentioned Vars. Uh, so this Saturday we've got FA Vars games and uh, league matches. If, um, again, in the absence of Rappo, if you had to pick a game on Saturday that uh, you would recommend anyone to watch, what would it be? I think it would be a Vars game. I'm, I'm a great lover of the Vars, although I'm still disappointed that uh, the draw is so regional that there aren't the, the sort of um, chances to see quite so many different teams mm. down in the area. Uh, but there are a handful. Um, certainly, uh, if I was picking two Cornish ones, I would be picking Wendron United making their debut in the Vars at home to Bishop Sutton. Mm-hmm. There are also Step 6. So I think that, that, that could be a really good game down at Underlane. And uh, Camelford versus Cheddar will be an, is another one in Cornwall with a, another team coming down um, from out of the area. Right. Cheddar, what are they in? Division 1 Western League? Yeah, Division 1 as well, yeah. yes. The right. Theatre of Cheese, they call it. The Theatre of Cheese. go with Bodmin. Right. <laughs> it's, not one of the, it's not a pitch in the middle of Cheddar Gorge or anything, is it? It's, it's no, flat, no, presumably. But they, they do describe it as, as the Theatre of Cheese. <laughs> right. I don't know how you d- describe Camelford, but, um, but anyway, but uh, that, that's your pick of the Saturday games. Where are you actually going to watch? Um, I'm also doing a Vars game, although a little bit closer to home. Uh, Bobby Tracy versus Street. Oh, right. Um, haven't seen Bobby Tracy since the opening Friday night of the season, actually. And Street are West League Premier, but in the bottom third. Um, so looking at that one, thinking it's a potential upset. Right. I'd, I'd like to think so anyway. So, uh, yeah, Bobby Tracy versus Street for me. And that, uh, are they still playing at uh, Newton Abbott on the all-weather? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They think it'll be beginning of November. They'll go back. Right. Okay. So uh, that's Saturday. Uh, where are you off to during the week? Uh, midweek is rather awkward because of, um, or in the East Division, it's particularly awkward because County Cups are played midweek. But uh, one league game in the East on Tuesday is credited to Honerson, and then I'm looking on Wednesday to do a trip into Cornwall for another one of those grounds I haven't been to. Uh, and that's my one for the week, would be Bodmin versus Liscard. Ah, right. I haven't been to Priory Park yet this season. See, that's the sort of game that could be 
that could upset Liscard, isn't it? Bobmin. Yeah. I mean, they're never easier, Bobmin. No, that's they're right. Okay, they're not having the season that they would like and all the rest of it, but never an easy place to go. Yeah. Are you surprised about Bobmin? I mean, you know, Rapp and I put them in the top three, and uh, well, at the well moment... you, I'd have to say I'm surprised at how poor your predictions, you and Rappo <laughs> were. You know, you had, did you have Callington in the top three as well? Uh, top six. Top six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One off the bottom number three. Well, it's early right. days yet. It's early days. Let's <laughs> not, you know, let's not get too worked up about it. But uh, no, but Bobmin, they seem to get through so many players, don't they? They do. They do. I don't know whether it it doesn't suit them not having a reserve team, but then I suppose when they did have a reserve team, I don't think they ever used them. No. So, yeah, but it, it, you're right. It's there's, there's always a revolving door at Priory Park. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Right. Okay. Well, thanks very much, Phil. Um, let's hope your cold gets a bit better before you go out to watch any games. And uh, yep. well, we'll talk next week. Look forward to it. Your Cornish podcast. Our one and only Cornish side in the Peninsula East this season, Torpoint Athletic, as uh, Phil and I said, they're doing well and at top of the table at the moment. And after their midweek victory, it sounds like assistant manager Gary Williams was expecting a call from me. Well, it's a long time since we've spoken on the podcast, isn't it, Gary? It is, Dave. It's funny, actually, because I was just saying on the way back from the game last night to a couple of the boys, it's about time Dave Deacon gave me a call, <laughs> and uh, as soon as I got home, I got a message from there him. You go. There you go. There you go. Now, why did I want to ring you? Well, it might have been that result. What was it? 7-2? Top of it the was, table? Yeah. yeah, yeah, nice. First time we've gone to the top of the table this season, so that's always nice. Um, started the game really well, um, and then, yeah, went 1-0 up, but then had a little bit of a... A five ten minute spell, we weren't quite at it and conceded a couple of goals. They were quite a big side and we'd said to them, you know, don't give away any silly set pieces and, and we did and we got punished for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, they had a player sent off, uh, rightly so. It was, a, it was a bad tackle. Um, and we managed to get the equaliser just before half time and then second half, you know, against 10 men. Um, yeah, we were, we were more than comfortable really. I mean, it was seven, but to be honest, Dave, it could have been, it could have been nine or ten easily. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Newton have been a bit sort of inconsistent, haven't they, some of their results? They have, yeah. I mean, over the last couple of seasons, they've been one of the best teams we've played, to be honest, and it's always a really tough place to go. Mm. Um, but even last night, we knew that, you know, they were sort of eighth or ninth in the table. Um, don't read too much into it, because it is always a tough place to go, and they've always got some, some good players. So, yeah, we knew it'd be a tough game. It was, you know, up until the sending off. Um, but like I say, after that, it was it was pretty much one-way traffic. Do you, going into games, do you know much about the opposition? Uh, I think we do a bit more now, Dave. Yeah, obviously, we've been in the league now for, for two or three seasons and you know most of the teams we, we've come up against at some, some time or another. Um, but it's always difficult because you know teams change from season to season. Players come, players go. But, yeah, you've got a general idea of you know, who your toughest, toughest opponents are going to be and, and maybe some of the games that you, know, you have to work a little bit harder. But... Yeah, we're getting there with this league, and uh, I think we're more than familiar with it now. <laughs> well, certainly you seem to be doing okay. What what is the squad much different from last season, or pretty much the same? Um, pretty much the same. We we lost a couple of players earlier in the season who you know wanted to go and play elsewhere for for whatever reason. Um, obviously, we signed Ryan in the summer, which was a you know a massive signing. Um, some of the second team lads have stepped up and helped them when they've needed to and then obviously recently we've signed Sam Hilson which is you know a really really good addition 
you know, right sort of character for our dressing room, brings that winning mentality. So, yeah, pretty much the same squad as last season. David is a couple of, you know, really good additions. Mm. Do you get a little bit concerned that Ryan seems to sign for every club in the southwest? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's what happens when you're a decent player, David. People are after you, you know. I, I did see a tweet from a certain Cornish manager at our game last night um, who suggested that he was a difference between the two teams. Now, yeah. he, scored, he scored two goals in a 7-2 victory. I don't think that makes any difference. So I think... Uh, I think you can read into that tweet what you want. But... Could that be an illegal approach? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I don't think we'll go there. Yeah, uh, it, it. But it must be. I, I don't know. I mean, I've spoken to a few managers. They are a little bit concerned about so many players that seem to be playing for different clubs. You must. I don't know that you worry, but you must be slightly concerned when when this sort of thing happens. Yeah, it's not ideal. I mean, obviously, we, we'll speak to Ryan from you know on a weekly basis. At the moment, he's he's been struggling with a knee injury. To be honest, he's been playing with it, and he's he's not 100 percent, but you know, still been putting in some really good performances. Um, you know, he, he went and helped Tavistock out a couple of times. I think once he was on the bench, he started one of the games. Um, and I know Stu wanted him for for another game on a Friday. <laughs> well, you can't have him on a Friday. We got a game on the Saturday, <laughs> so you got you got to kind of like be a little bit sensible with it and. You know, Ryan's sensible enough himself that, you know, his his focus is with us and, and he's not going to do anything to kind of, you know, jeopardise that. Must have been pretty good, though, when you, you actually found out that you were signing him in the summer. I mean, could he be the difference? I mean, I'm not piling pressure on, on Ryan, but could he be the difference between promotion and not? He might be. He might be, Dave. You know, people talk talk you know, about us being one of the favourites, and you know, I'd argue that we were probably one of the favourites before we signed Ryan. Yeah. Um, you know, with the score we had from last season, so he's just added to that. You know, he brings that quality. Um, and yeah, whether it would be the difference obviously remains to be seen, but it's going well so far. And it's probably pretty handy for Curtis Damrell, isn't it? I mean, it takes a bit of the limelight off him. He can just uh, you know carry on scoring goals. That's right, yeah, you know, we've got two brilliant strikers, you know, we're really fortunate and, you know, there aren't probably many better partnerships around. And uh, Yeah, and Damas has probably flourished a bit more this season with, with Ryan's addition, you know, he's, he's our top scorer at the moment, Damas, with nine. Um, so, yeah, he's certainly hit the ground running this year, which is great, um, you know, when you've got two players like that, even in tight games, you know, if you get a chance, you know, that more than more often than not they're going to stick it away so that's that's obviously a great position to be in I think that the pleasing thing for us this year is you know we've we've scored I think 29 goals in eight league games you know so the goals have been have been pretty free-flowing and, and they've not just come from them too you know we've had Gary Hurd as well who's a you know he's a winger or a striker he's come in and scored four or five we've got midfielders that have started chipping in with goals so you know that's what you want as a manager and an assistant you want you know, goals coming from all around the squad, really, not just relying on those front two, which, you know, fortunately we've had this season. Yeah, a couple of names last night that are amongst the goals that um, scored for the first time this season, I think, weren't there? Yeah, I think so. Um, Can you remember you know, who scored all seven? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Ryan got two, uh, Dammer's got one, Paul Everton got a free kick, that's four, Brad Robbins, that was his first goal, so. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the other thing. You know, we, we lost Charlie Hardcastle in the second game of the season and, and Charlie was arguably our you know, one of our best players last year. Mm. Um we lost him to a bad knee injury and you know, hopefully he'll be back in a couple of weeks. But Brad's come in, you know, and, and he's been excellent and he you know, deserved his goal last night at a key time. So yeah, like I said, it's you know, if you spread those goals around it it certainly helps. What about the other two goals? You've forgotten those, have you? Uh <laughs> shall I put you out of the last night? Um, Go on. I th did Lewis Pacey score. 
yeah, sorry, I should. Uh, Callum Thompson got one and, and yeah. Pacey got one. And it was interesting with Pacey's because in the warm-up, you know, we, we do a little bit of shooting at the end of the warm-up, you know, just get the, the attacking players in front of goal. And, and Pacey was striking unbelievably last night. And I said to him, I think you're going to score tonight. I fancy you. He said, yeah, he said, I, he said, I think that as well. And uh, I certainly didn't expect him to score with his left foot from outside the box, but... It, it was nice that he did get on target and we, we had a little laugh about it afterwards. Yeah, I bet. So, you seem to have had a lot of cup games recently. You've got another one coming up on Saturday, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, we've had, you know, that's the other pleasing thing. We've progressed in both the cup competitions we played in, you know, the League Cup and the Vars. And, yeah, we go Vars again on, on Saturday and then, you know, the following Saturday we're into the Senior Cup. So, another cup competition on the horizon. Yeah. Now, Saturday, Stoke Gabriel... Now, earlier we were talking about, do you know much about the opposition? Do you know that they lost last night? I do, yeah. We we did hear at half-time <laughs> that it was it was quite a high score, and then obviously we saw the full-time result. Yeah. Um, so how did you go just... into that game? You know, Stoke Gable lost 13-0. You've got to make sure your players are on the ball, haven't you? Yeah, it's one of them. you just got to make sure your attitude's right. You know? And I think we've got players that are, you know, old enough, sensible enough to know that, you know, you can't just... Can't just turn up and expect it's going to happen because that's when you can come unstuck and you know those sort of surprise results can happen. Um, so we'll approach it the same as we do any other game, Dave. And you know it's an interesting one because you know full credit to them because last season you know they were getting heavily beaten mm. on a regular basis, so, but they didn't give in and they carried on. You know it would have been easy to pull a team out of the league or whatever, but you know they they carried on going and obviously this year they've they've merged with the Torbay Police. Um, the results have you know been slightly better than last season, but you know obviously last night's going to be you know pretty sore for them I'd imagine and at the same time they'd want to probably you know, have a reaction from their players on Saturday so we know we'll have to be on the ball again and uh, I'm sure we will be Yeah. and final question um, I'll probably ask you this every time I talk to you promotion is that a realistic thing for Torpoint in the sense yeah, of you know you've got the, the infrastructure and, and all that sort of thing you know, obviously you've still got to do it on the pitch but are you ready to take it if it comes up yeah, the club have got that ambition, you know, and, and I think, you know, had it happened last year, we, we would have certainly would, would have taken it. Um, obviously, with the, the way the season finished, we didn't quite make it on the points per game. Um, but, yeah, to be honest, I think we'd probably be in a better position after at the end of this season as a club um, and be ready to do that if, if obviously, we can do it on the pitch and, and get there. But, like I say, it's nice to go top of the league last night and, and be there, but, you know... I, Let's hope we're top of the league in April or May because that's when it's going to make a difference. I, I was going to say, you've got to stay there now, haven't you? <laughs> that's right, yes. Yeah. You know, there's a long way to go yet, Dave, and we know that. So we'll, we'll enjoy it at the moment. But yeah, like you say, cliche, but one game at a time. Yeah, enjoy and thanks very much. No worries. Thank you, Dave. You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. Finally, for the Southwest Peninsula League this season, it's a chat with the Dobbles manager, Simon Westlake. And let's hear his thoughts on their season so far. Um, yeah, quite pleased. Quietly pleased. Uh, trucking away quite nicely. Obviously not tearing up trees. Um, but we're plodding along, making some, some nice progress that in the um, top half of the league um, where I think we belong. Yeah, you so, seem you seem yeah. to go under the radar a little bit, don't you, at Dob Wars? <laughs> I think the expectancy is that, you know, we're only a little club. Uh, we're fairly new to the league, relatively new in the last couple of years. Um, and trying to establish yourself um, as being um, a team which can be competitive and at the same time also play a, a, a little bit of football, you know? Yeah. Um, and just trying to get that balance. 
it's not been easy, but um, I think the, the harder you work, someone once said, the luckier you get. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, you were fifth last season when the, when it was curtailed. So have you sort of tweaked your squad much or kept pretty much the same players? We've not changed a great deal, uh, Dave. We've not changed a great deal at all. We have improved some areas. Um, we've also brought in some youngsters as well, which uh, which have benefited us for uh, some games where we've had absences from work commitments. Um, sort of like a pool of young players, Bailey Roberts uh, and Smith, so like 17, 18-year-old lads who want to break into Southwest Peninsula. It is difficult for those players because as much as you need experienced players, uh, you also need that stability of a, of a sort of like quite a, a depth in your squad, uh, and they've certainly done that. Are they um, are they local players, and Simon, or are they also f- you know from from Plymouth and that sort of thing? Well, I'd like to think we're all quite local, Cornwall and Devon, but yeah, they are from Plymouth. Right. Um, they're 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 Plymouth youngsters. We have we have had one one lad come along from the under 18s last season. Not quite ready yet uh, from the dog war setup, but something that we're we're looking into. Ben and myself are going down actually tomorrow down to dog wars and doing an under 18 session uh, with the youngsters. All oh, right. But we have brought in Sam Hill from Tall Point. Yeah. Um, Sam Sam certainly give us given us a lot of stability in that middle third uh, with his passing range and uh, you know and consistency in his performances. So he's certainly been an asset to us. Um, we've recently taken on uh, Danny Zalek, Aaron Holmes, and also Stuart Morgan in attacking roles, just to assist Kelvin, uh, Kelvin Fineboy, who comes in for a lot of attention, yeah. obviously because of his um, scoring ability. So we're trying to, we're, we're always trying to improve, and um, but a lot, of, like a lot, a lot of teams where we struggle with like. Uh, with that travel expenses, <laughs> which enables you to get perhaps a player of a you know a higher quality at times, but take nothing away from the lads we brought in. They've made you know real impact in the team with their work rate and their quality, and and the balance has been good. Well, there's certainly plenty of experience there when you mentioned Stuart Morgan and Danny Zalek, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And I think you sometimes need older heads, if you like, and having that little bit more experience in the team to give you a, a bit more uh, sort of like role models within the team uh, and players that younger players can look up to as well. Mm. And you mentioned Kelvin Feinborn. Now, that, that was a bit weird um, that he actually, was it a couple of days that he was actually registered for St. Blaise and then came straight back to you? <laughs> he went out on loan. He said. <laughs> we had a we had a, a, a mutual agreement that Kelvin wanted to try something new, um, and we were sort of like we we gave him the room he wanted. We didn't want him to go. We, you never want to lose no. good players. Um, and Kelvin certainly has been with us now what, what for three years, and he's been absolute you know he's been an absolute diamond. But um, you can never stop players from moving on. So he was uh, perhaps a little bit influenced with Tornado being down at uh, St. Blasey. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
we we heard that he hadn't played. You know, he was sat on the bench. Um, so we used that in a, in a sort of like in a very strong argument to get him back playing for us. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we're we're really pleased to have Kelvin back. He's a he's a great asset to any team. Um, but he's a he's a great lad off the pitch as well as he you know as well as he is on it. So. And and how did you yeah. see last Saturday's match go against Falmouth? It was a great experience for us, an opportunity. Obviously, last year, you know, we beat Falmouth 3-1. Um, but with the absence of teams like Houston, South Ash, etc., you know, Falmouth are always going to sort of like rise to the top. Um, and I think a lot of investment's gone in to their season and for their promotion this year. So I actually went down and watched them against Weybridge. I think they won 7-1. Uh, and they played like a 4-2-3-1 formation. So we were prepared for them. Um, it was just very unfortunate that we had a few absentees and, um, and we went to sleep on some defensive errors. But for large parts of the game, it was quite equal. Mm. I think the quality of Falmouth is evident to see from their past results and their performances. You know, they're making a statement in the league and good for them. But um, I don't think we disgraced ourselves. We applied ourselves um, and certainly made them think, uh, we, you know, they weren't going to get anything easy from us. And, you know, and that's what we've been consistent with, you know, throughout throughout the start of the season. We want to be difficult to beat. And if you beat us, fair play to you, you yeah. know. Is there any truth that you want the music box banned from Grounds or what? No, that, that wasn't the case. <laughs> I'm certainly a great lover of uh, music, um, <laughs> different genres. But you know what? It's, it's fantastic. F Troop coming along, supporting their team, and rightly so. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Certainly the 12th man, you know, the 12th man at time. Yeah. Uh, and all credit to them. Certainly not want anything banned. What we didn't want in the um, in the clubhouse was obviously uh, the music being taken into the clubhouse like last year. Uh, but certainly pitch side, we were not. I think some people have uh, alluded to that fact, but that's not the case. Right, fair um, enough. What we asked politely, we asked very politely if they could sort of like refrain from using it, the electric, the, the beatbox behind the keeper itself. But obviously, drums, trumpets, saxophones, <laughs> wind and brass <laughs> instruments, we, we've got no control over. That was all. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, this we Saturday... We weren't trying to antagonise anyone. Sorry? I said we weren't trying to antagonise anyone. <laughs> right. Um, and I think one or two people took it the wrong way, but it certainly wasn't meant that way. Right. Now, this Saturday, you've got FA Vars, um, St. Blasey now... Um, You've had a cracking result against them already this season, haven't you? Yeah, we were very fortunate. Um, the scoreline certainly flattered us. Um, I think we beat them 6 1. Yeah. But St. Blasey were not without chances. They had uh, several chances themselves. We had um, Jordan Duffy in goal. We brought Jordan in from Callison in the absence of Toby Chapman, long term keeper but we had no other option, obviously, with Toby with work commitments, and Jordan's been absolutely magnificent. Um, he was fantastic against St. Blasey. He made a three or four really important saves and certainly kept us in the game. You know, sometimes they view it, view it things, uh, you know, and they go, they go about 20 feet over the bar or 20 feet wide of the post, 
But um, everything we seemed to hit against St. Blasey on that game went at the back of the net. You know, and it was uh, a lot of fortune, you know, good luck, call it what you like, and we'll take it every time. Yeah. Um, but it takes nothing away from St. Blasey's efforts. It certainly wasn't a 6-1 scoreline um, in, in the efforts of the game. Right. And obviously it could come to um, be your ruin this week, couldn't it? They'll, they'll be out to um, get revenge, I guess. We're quite aware of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, and we're never going to be so like unprepared and take things complacent. What we're really pleased about, Dave, is the fact that this will be uh, a part of the club's history. Mm. Um, we've never been in the FA Vaz. As I said, we're just a little village a team that's been fortunate with the people that have sort of like driven the, the club forward and um, and we feel quite privileged to be part of that history um, and the lads have been exceptional so we'll go out if we win if we lose you know we're still putting a little bit of history in there for the club uh, and certainly something to be you know to be proud of and, and final question for you Simon do you sort of yep. have you sort of set yourself a target as to where you want to finish this season? I think it's important to set targets for the club, for the team, and individuals, um, and we've always done that. I think, in terms of where we'd like to be placed, you want to stay in the league. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, you know, an initial target, but realistically, with what we tried to achieve last year, which was cut short. Um, certainly some performances this year. You know, we've lost against Camelford two on goal start of the season, 2-0. That was without Calvin uh, and a few other players. We've lost against Falmouth and we've lost against Sonorsto. Mm. You know, we've lost against teams with credibility um, and with quality um, and teams that have got a reputation as well. So if we can beat teams around us uh, and sort of like put performances in against the top teams, I like to think we're in a top five position this year, um, and I don't think that's out of our expectation. Not with the quality of players that we've got within the squad. Mm. And you said uh, you like to set personal targets. Have you set Kelvin a, a personal target for number of goals or not? Well, <laughs> I told him he needed to hit a hat trick uh, in his first couple of games, and he did that against an Orso. So I might give him another target to it, another hat trick this week. Ah, uh, right. I thought you might say, you know, I want you, Calvin, to score 50 goals this season or something like that. I think it would be unfair, um, <laughs> and I wouldn't target him. He comes under a lot of tension from defenders, and rightly so, because he is a threat. Um, and that's why we've sort of like brought in other attackers to compensate for the attention that he sometimes receives. But... Um, I think Kelvin's very capable of scoring 25-plus goals a season, yeah. and any team in the league would, you know, they would they would get a player like that if they could. Uh, uh, and then we're very fortunate that we've got him. Yeah, and why, why is he wearing the shirt number 99 then? Well, I think <laughs> I thought that was his target for a moment. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? That would be amazing. I think we'd be chasing Falmouth. I think we'd be chasing Falmouth if that was the case. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it might be nine plus nine. Could be eighteen. But um, Kelvin's Kelvin's more than capable of um, of scoring twenty five plus goals this season. And if he doesn't, I'll be very surprised. But um, 
Yeah, it's it's a tough call in regards to good strikers. Um, you know, you've got to be have a complement of quality players around you, be given lots of opportunities. But he's certainly capable of doing that. But um, no, his 99 is a is a personal sponsor he's got. Ah, right. Okay. Right. Well, thanks for that, Simon. Uh, keep up the good work and uh, good luck for the season. Thanks, Dave. Really appreciate talking to you, buddy. Your Cornish podcast. Okay, so let's uh, focus in on the St. Pyrrhon League now, the Step 7 League in the county. The top game of the day in the West last Saturday ended in a draw. Mullion won St. Day 1. That means St. Day stay top of the table and uh, they're still undefeated. Ludgerton continued to impress with a 3-0 victory at Helston Athletic and jump above them in the second place. This Saturday, there's two West games. Mosel play Falmouth Town. And as Cam has already mentioned, Truro City host Perrinwell. They uh, That game is at Trigoy, a ground that they share. As far as the East goes, well, there were a couple midweek results. Millbrook beat Callington 4-2. And then on Wednesday, same scoreline, but obviously different teams. AFC Sunorstal 2, Polperro 4. Now let's uh, hear from John Cleanser with his weekly uh, slot for us. Uh, this week he begins with the Superior League East. Right then, John. So let's, um, it, we've got a busy five, ten minutes coming up and we're talking to each other. Let's start with the Superior League East and run us through what happened last Saturday. Well, um, Callington got a much-needed win under their belts, winning 3-2 against an Ulster Reserves under um, caretaker managers Simon Manette and Bradley Agar, I believe. Um, so that's a good three points for them. They won 3-2. Um, big score in the next one, Morwinstow 2, St Dominic 10, with um, Sam Rogers with a hat-trick and Kieran Prescott getting a hat-trick. So they're still at the top of the league, flying and uh, doing very well at the moment, aren't they? Mm. And then on to Saltash 4, St. Dennis Reserves 0. Um, St. Morgan won 6-2 against Torpoint Reserves. And Sticker 1, Lansing Reserves 4, which was of interest to me because obviously we've got Lansing Reserves next. Um, and Sticker have been doing very well lately, I thought. And um, Lansing have gone and beaten them at Sticker 4-1. So, yeah, that was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, going back to a couple of those things, um, Callington caretaker manager said Simon Minette. What's the background of Simon? Do we know? Um, he's moved down from up country. Apparently, I was speaking to a couple of the um, um, Callington lads the other day, and they were saying that he literally turned up to offer his assistance where he could, um, working with Matt Frost, who oh. was the present manager. Um, and when Matt Frost stood down, um, they asked him if he'd like to take it over on a caretaker basis and so far so good that's quite handy isn't it to have someone like that around <laughs> yeah I don't think you never turned down help them <laughs> no, that's right and St Dominic I know we mention them uh, well we seem to mention them almost every week that's an incredible win isn't it um, no matter who, who it's against double figures 10-2 I mean could they go all, well could they be applying for the peninsula this time in a few months time well, they, you'd like to think that they would be thinking about it now, wouldn't you? Obviously, they've—I mean—they've walked into that league and they're doing so well. They've just adapted and um, carried on where they left off in the East Cornwall League, really. So, yeah, fair play to them. Um, and obviously, Morwenstow is quite a difficult place to go to as well. It's a long old track, and um, I know the pitch is not very big either. So they've—you know—they've done really well there to get ten goals, haven't they? Yeah. 
Okay. Right, so fixtures coming up this weekend. They're a little bit messy because, well, are there any league games at, at all or not? No, I couldn't see any. All I can find is just Intermediate Cup. No, Intermediate Cup, this is the new cup that the County FA have introduced. Um, it's going to be Cornwall Combination, East Cornwall Premier, and the two St. Piran divisions all in together, isn't it? That is, yeah, yeah. So we'll have to, all, all new to all of us, so it'll be interesting to see how this one pans out. Um, also, don't forget for anyone going to these games, they're all two o'clock kickoffs. Mm-hmm. Are there in any cup. interesting ones then? Yes, and Ulster Reserves against St Dominic. The first one that comes up is, is going to be a good one. Um, what else I pick out? Paul Perro have got their long trip to Morwenstow. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they get on. Um, will, they, will they score 10 goals up there or not? Well, that's the question, isn't it? I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, they'll obviously be trying to bounce back from last weekend, won't they? Yeah, so it could be a tough uh, tough game for Paul Perro, but we'll see. Um, there's a couple of East Cornwall against uh, St Piran East games. St Newland East against Saltash Borough. Um, St Teth against Torpoint Athletic Reserves. Who else do we have? There's a good one... Yes, and Morgan have got to travel down to Lizard Argyle. That could be an interesting one as well. Mm. Lizard not doing that well this season, but it's still a bit of a trip for St Morgan. Yeah, it's, it's how you um, get off the coach, isn't it, and how, yeah. how, well, you know, how well you start, really, in games like that. But it uh, be interesting to see how they get on. Um, St Clear entertain Launceston Reserves. Dennis will be playing Ludgeman, so it's uh, East versus West, isn't it? So... How do you oh, fancy your chances against Lancer Reserves? And well, they're sixth in the table at the moment. Yeah, they're doing quite well, aren't they? And obviously, they've just beaten Sticker Reserves, who I thought had picked up. So it'll be interesting to see how difficult a game that's going to be for us. I was I was not expecting Lancer to be as good as they have been. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to go and see how we get on in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else did I see? Oh, Godolphin. Now, this is Godolphin Reserves, which is the newly formed team, isn't it, in the yeah. combination? Yeah. They're playing against Gunners Lake at Godolphin, so that'll be an interesting one. We played them in a friendly um, in the pre-pre-season when they first set up, and they were pretty decent, actually. So that'll be good to see how Gunners Lake get on travelling down to there. And Foxhole have got to travel down to Helston Reserves, mm. which would be quite a good game as well, I would have thought. Mm. So some tasty ties, really, isn't it? Yes, yeah. St Ives Town against Newquay Academy. Um, so obviously Newquay Academy are a young side travelling down there, see so how they get on. But St Ives Town are not doing very well at the moment, are they? No, that's right. They're struggling a bit for some reason, which is unusual for them, to be fair, because this could be the the game that um, changes their season. We've also yeah. had two games already in this competition. And we, well, we should have had two games. Falmouth Town beat Pendine Rovers on Saturday, and... Uh, Millbrook Reserves had a home win over Roach. Roach uh, couldn't raise a team or something, could they, on Saturday? So. Yeah, a little bit concerning because obviously they're in our East Cornwall League, so hopefully that's not the start of things to come. Let's hope they can uh, sort themselves out and get a team together. Yeah, and, and also let's hope it's not because they just couldn't be bothered because realistically they might have lost that game anyway. That's as bad as anything, I think, uh, pulling yeah, out of the not, match. But, um, not really part of the spirit of the cup is it doing things like that you like to think everyone would have a go if they can yeah to compete in the cup and yeah yeah right um that pretty much um covers the cornwall intermediate cup first round let's talk about east cornwall premier league then shall we and uh what happened on saturday 
So there's only three games. Um, <laughs> the first of them being Foxhole 2, St. Tath 2. Now, that's St. Tath's second decent display in a row. Um, they beat us last weekend, us being St. Clear, sorry. Um, and then they've got a draw with Foxhole this weekend. So, you know, they, they must be really pleased with four points from two away games there. And it was probably a game that you, you know, no disrespect to St. Teth, but you would have expected Foxhole being at the top of the league to have won that one. So they've done really well in that game. Um, next one is Gunners Lake 7, Marjon 0, um, with Ashley Small getting a hat-trick for Gunners Lake. So well done to him. Um, I think he came off the bench as well for that hat-trick. So that's uh-huh. uh, good. And the last one was Lou's first three points of the season, beating St. Stephen 3-0. So two good things there, that Lou have got their first three points and St. Stephen have got their first game under their belt. So let's hope that St. Stephen can now build on that and, and uh, you know maintain the, the squad through the season. Yeah, so St. Stephen bought the table having played, or showing uh, having played two games. Um, one of those, obviously, they had to concede as a walkover, didn't they? So... Things obviously picking up a little bit in the sense that they've got players now. Yeah, um, they they took thirteen to Lou on the full time site. They had two subs that they didn't use, so yeah, it's, it's good. At least they're getting a team out, and let's hope they can build on that now. Yeah, rolling subs, I take it in this league, isn't it? Yes, it is rolling subs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. What do you guys do at St. Clear? Do you use it as a rolling subs or is it just when someone gets injured um, or someone's had enough, they come off? Is there ever any likelihood of whoever comes off going back on? Um, we try not to because it, it breaks the game up too much. With but players. isn't that the whole idea of rolling subs, though? No, not really. It, it, you can. You so can bring you, them you don't like the idea, I take no, it? No, not really. It's, it sort of breaks up the, the flow of the game. It, it can it can disrupt your team, basically, if there's people here, there and everywhere, don't know where they're playing. People come off, they don't really want to go back on because they get stiff, don't they, and bits and bobs. It's only really if there's an injury and, and really necessary to, to swap someone back over. But uh, we generally just, you know, pick our start at 11, and then if we need to make a sub, then we'll do that. Um, the role, it's, it's fair enough that a rolling sub rule is there but it's we don't use it very much and you don't really see a lot of it in the East Cornwall League like that unless otherwise, unless it's just injuries like I said Well I don't see any of it anywhere to be honest uh, any football that I see I watch with rolling subs they don't use them as I would have thought rolling subs should be used so waste of time isn't it? It is really, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's not, it's not. Really, if you've got five subs, you you don't really need to roll them, do you? Like that, it's you know, if you manage the game properly, you shouldn't really need to roll use rolling subs. Yeah, but if you used rolling subs properly, you probably wouldn't need five subs. You could just have three and and roll them a bit more. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> it would, for us, Dave, to be honest, because we've got quite a big squad, it's it's quite nice to be able to take five subs because otherwise you're letting players down, you know. There's somebody that's got to stay at home in there. So for us, in our situation at the moment, five subs is good. But obviously for other teams, it works differently, doesn't it? Mm, right. OK, and I noticed um, Rapper would be happy that one of the scorers, uh, sorry, one of the uh, uh, players that did a, an assist for Lou on Saturday was Filipos Kombostios, to, did the, whatever. He's, I'll have so, to get Rapper yeah. to tell me how to say it, but um, so that's yeah. good. Yeah, ideal. That's several letters there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Have we covered... I can't remember where we got now in the score Premier. Have we covered all the games or not? Yeah, that is the three games. Three um, games, right. Well, we've got Foxhole on top with Gunners Lake in second and Alton on third. 
And obviously now we've got Intermediate Cup this week and then back into league action the week after. Right. Okay. Thanks very much, John. Your Cornish Soccer Podcast. Thanks, John, there. Of course, we mentioned Sir Dominic, so uh, only right that we hear from their manager, Simon Riddle. Well, you must be enjoying life uh, in your uh, new league, Simon. Yeah, been a, been a very pleasing start, Dave, definitely. I think uh, if anyone had said five or six weeks ago that uh, we'd have been where we are after eight games, I think everyone in the club would have definitely taken that. Yeah, have you sort of added to your squad, or was it pretty much the same one as last season? Pretty much the same. I mean, we've been quite lucky, really. We've kept the pretty much the same group of players for the last, well, it's a bit our third season together. Um Added a couple in the summer who have both come in and fitted in quite well. And another lad rejoined a couple of weeks ago. But other than that, it's, uh, it's all the same group, really. So, who's been your sort of toughest opposition and why so far? We had a quite tough t- start. I thought we had two point reserves and Soltash reserves in two of our first three games. Um, both of those games were, were really tight. Um, had to work hard to get three points out of those. That was probably the most pleasing results we've had in terms of work rate and effort that we had to put in to get the win um, second half at uh, Saltash Borough was definitely difficult they they play really really well second half and we said so we were lucky probably to get a point out of that coming in so to be unbeaten after eight you know, yeah definitely take that yeah Saltash Borough of course play on the old plastic um, you all guys up for that or not um, we were 3-1 up at half time <laughs> um, second half we picked up a couple of knocks as well on it which didn't help you know, subs coming on a little bit disjointed and, and they threw everything at us. So, you know, I guess we sort of adapted okay to start with and then struggled a bit in the second half. Right. And, of course, double figures last Saturday. Yeah, yeah, definitely took our chances on Saturday, that's for sure. <laughs> I like that. You took your chances, yeah. <laughs> um, but you, you actually, whilst we're talking about, you know, taking chances, you, you've got a couple of players there um, um, that have scored a lot of goals in the last couple of seasons, haven't you? Sort of Kieran Prescott. I know Kieran Royal, is he just coming back from injury or what? Yeah, he got injured in the, in the first game of the season, so he's only just come back in the last couple of games. Um, I think, yeah, the goals this year have been quite quite pleasing. It's been shared around a little bit too. I know Kieran Prescott's on six, I think it is now, but um, the rest have, have all chipped in as well, which has been pleasing. Yeah, that's right. And... I, I saw some figures earlier that you, you're sort of able to keep a fairly settled side as well, aren't you? Which I'm assuming helps a, a great deal. Yeah, definitely. So we've been lucky the last two or three seasons to kept the, the same core group of players together. We do play the majority of the weeks and it definitely makes life a lot easier when you, you know pretty much eight, nine, ten of them are always going to be there. You're not having to drag in from all over the place to try and make up your squad. It does make it a heck of a lot easier to pick a team. Um, and know what you're going to get from the boys on a, on a Saturday. Yeah. Now, you allowed, are you allowed rolling subs in your league or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. rolling subs. What yeah. are your thoughts on rolling subs? Do you use them in, in, you know, as the word says, rolling? Do they come come off and go back on or, or what? I wouldn't say I'm a big fan of changing things too quickly in the first, first half. I mean, second half, we do always change it around, um, freshen things up. I think, you know, you take you take four, three, four, five lads, whatever is with you to be on the bench. They don't really want to just come along and two or three of them just sit there and watch for, for 90 minutes. I think it's really important to keep everyone involved. Everyone gets get minutes and you've got a proper, you keep a proper squad sort of together then, I think, you yeah. know, that way as well. Yeah. So players that come off, though, very, by the sounds of it, very rarely go back on. Um, yeah, not too often. I don't know if you pick up a couple more niggles or... 
you know, you want to get men behind the ball or chuck another striker back on or whatever. That's probably the way I would use it. Yeah. I'm just interested because I asked John Colenso about it and um, I, I don't think he's too fond of the idea of players coming off and going back on. And uh, I think you're sort of itching that way as well, aren't you, just to a large extent? Yeah, I think quite often if you've played an hour or whatever, you come off, you you know, you start to cool down or whatever. It's not always easy to get yourself motivated to come back on. <laughs> you've been sat down 5, 10, 15 minutes or whatever. Yeah, fair enough. Right, so this Saturday, um, cup game, I think. Yeah, back-to-back cup weeks now, now for us, so a bit of a break from the league. So, yeah, it'd be good to get into that new intermediate cup on Saturday against St Orstall. And then the following week, we've got um, St Day in the League Cup. So looking forward to those two, two games. Uh, that'll be interesting. Well, both games will be interesting, won't they? Because um, opposition that can be quite testing. Yeah, yeah. Down at, down at St Orstall, first of all, Saturday. They're quite a good start as well. So be interested to see how we go against them, even though they are in our league. Um, and then St Day, we played them a couple of years ago in the Senior Cup down there. So reversal of that in a week Saturday. Yeah. And good to play. It's good to play teams from well, teams that you don't normally play, isn't it? As well. Yeah, definitely. I think that's what I always look out for in cups is to play someone a bit different. You know, whether it's an away trip, home trip, someone you don't normally come up against. It's yeah, definitely what we enjoy. And what does the future hold them for St Dominic? You're new into the Superior League this season. You're top of the league at the moment. Where do you go from here? <laughs> Yeah, long way to go this season. Yeah, um, <laughs> like to think, like to think I'm fairly grounded. And hope that rubs off on the, on the lads as well on the pitch. That you literally just take it game by game um, as it comes and, and see where we, see where we end up come the end. I mean, our league games do dry up a little bit now between now and the end of the year. I guess you know we've played eight, I think it is, and yeah. some teams are down on three. I think it's been a little bit affected by the teams that withdrew at the start of the season. If you kind of had them back-to-back weeks, you've obviously not played so much mm. as we have. So, yeah, we'll see see where we are at the end of the year and when the teams have caught up a little bit in kind of games and it'll give us a good reflection of a proper league table then, I guess. So no thoughts of Southwest Peninsula applications going in or anything like that? <laughs> I think that's, uh, yeah, a little bit on the horizon at the minute before <laughs> we start thinking about that too much. Right. Well, thanks, Simon, for coming on. What's been your most enjoyable thing so far this season? You must have loads of them. Just just tell me one. To be honest, pretty much starting a season on time, looking like, fingers crossed, we can get through a full season. That's probably been the biggest thing. The last two years, we've we've been fortunate enough to be near the top of the league as well, and you kind of get that disappointment when it stopped and, and stopped again the second season. But my kind of hope was that the boys wouldn't lose interest, that they would stick together, especially when we got promoted, and, and come into this league and give it a real good crack. So it's been pleasing that they have. They've bought right into what, what we wanted to do and what we want, where we wanted to go, um, which has been brilliant. And hopefully we can just keep that going. For me, that's probably the most, most pleasing thing so far. And probably makes it easier for you as a manager, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, if you get, you get boys that are keen, it doesn't uh, makes your life so much easier. You're not thinking all week what we're going to end up with on a Saturday, scratching around, trying to you know sending messages here, there, and everywhere. It does does make life a lot easier in the build up to games. And have you got many volunteers behind the scenes helping out, or what? Yeah, we've got quite a good strong committee. To be honest, I think our committee is 12 on the on the committee at the moment, which is which is brilliant, really. Especially on match days, you need those help, you know, a pair of hands <coughs> around simple things like taking up the nets and 
taking them back down, corner flags, you know, serving in the tea hut, all those kind of bits and pieces. And when you know it's sorted before you get there, it's you know, sort of as a weight off of our, our minds as well, trying to run, run the team on the pitch. Right. Yeah, you can't do without them. And um, so well done so far, Simon, and uh, keep it going. I do, yeah. Thanks very much, Dave. Cheers. Your Cornish Right, so that's it for this week, folks. Um, I would normally say now where I'm going on Saturday to Rappo, and uh, I have to say at the moment I'm pretty undecided. Uh, I'm tempted by that St Blasey-Dob Walls clash in the FA Vars, uh, only to see if St Blasey could get any sort of revenge for that 6-1 defeat they suffered up at Lantoon Park a couple of weeks ago. There's the thought of Salt Ash against Bobmin. Um, Bobmin not doing quite so well in the league this season at the moment. Um, could they upset Saltash? And uh, then, of course, uh, there's history being made at Underlane, Wendron, home to Bishop Sutton. So who knows where I might turn up? I'll be deciding Saturday morning. But for the moment, thanks very much for listening. Rapper will be back next week. Normal service will resume for the moment. Enjoy your football during the week. Take care, stay safe, and uh, keep listening to the Rapper and Deeks Friday Fix podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Your Cornish Soccer Podcast.